So like I would, I was that brand new coach with like a practice plan, like seven o'clock we're doing warm ups, seven thirty we're doing this, here we're doing this, and I'd show up, I'd get so pissed, I'd like crumple my paper up and throw it. I'm like, all right, guys, we're learning skills today. Dumb, crazy, excited to do it, even though I'm not gonna lie, there's so much work between now and then that needs to get done. So my mind always goes like, why the f is Christmas existing? Like this, I've become that guy. I was like, why do you need a holiday? Watching my nine new highlight clip. Making hits and breaking runs, and I would have a Snickers bar, like to the point where the reward. Like, no, that that was that was my pregame. Aside from the warm up, I, like to the point where the parents at Nationals like, did you have your Snickers bar today? <laughs> yeah, like I, I know the name. His book is boring. I, can see his I don't face. know what to me, but I for some reason it is lost. <laughs> but I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro, right? And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And there's two Scottish guys and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. And he looked at me and he said, you guys are awesome. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time and Baylu, and this is the show where we speak to people about the opportunities that they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Y'all, man, this is uh, quite a week. Quite a week. Uh, you know, big shout out to USA Rugby Women. Struggle in, in the Rugby World Cup, but, you know, good job for getting there, getting into the quarterfinals. Uh, tough loss to Canada, I understand, but hard fought. A lot to work on, but, you know, we, we, we have a future and we're going to be able to do it again. 2031, 2029. So these, these are where we're looking at. This is where we're looking at. And uh, try and make it back for there. I mean, there's more Rugby World Cups in between there, but, you know, those are the ones in the U.S., so that's the only ones that matter. We win on home soil, right? Win on home soil. Um, guys, before I get started with everything, please, please don't forget to tell your people, subscribe, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube page, uh, Gift Time Rugby, uh, or subscribe to Grow Rugby Show here on any of your audio streaming platform. We want to make sure we're growing this, and of course, being able to reveal out more and more news as time goes on, and be able to put on some great guests, and just a lot to be able to put out there. Speaking of guests, we got a great one for you. This man has been uh, with Howard University Rugby for over two years now. Uh, a former player at uh, Mount St. Mary's, at coaching now, leader. We got Tito Miranda, straight head coach for Howard Rugby Men, uh, continuing our HBCU Rugby Classic series of interviews. And guys, there's so many to go through. Um, but we've got some great ones. We've been working through Howard extensively. Uh, Tito was great. To talk to. It was a great listen. If you guys watch it on the video. I mean this is how serious we get about talking. The man was in motion. And don't worry there was nothing. He was paying attention to the road. But in motion and then being able to do it at the house. We didn't skip a beat. 
did not skip a beat. It was all good. And so uh, I enjoyed it really. Uh, uh, it was a lot of information to take in, a lot of new information to learn. And uh, honestly, I was happy about that, man. It, it's always good to learn more. And a great conversation. I think you guys will really, really truly love it. In the meantime, yo, I need you guys to go check out Rugby Outlet Mall. Check out our HBC Rugby Classic shirts because we need you to be able to help us, be able to put this event on, be able to support HBCU Rugby, showcase HBCU Rugby happening in Washington, D.C., March 31st to April 2nd. It's going to be a great time. I promise. I think you guys are going to want to make sure you get there. Uh, this one is going to be exclusively different than any other one. But that being said, check out Rugby Outletmall.com, and of course, you guys can get 10% off your first purchase with the coupon code Grow Rugby. That is G R E A U X Rugby, and you guys will get 10% off that first purchase, and it will mean the most to be able to set things up for the future. Um, of course, you know, we also ask that you guys go and check out HBCURugbyClassic.com. Uh, we got some news coming up, tickets coming through, but in the meantime, check out the newsletter. And that means going ahead, subscribing, get the newsletter so you can get updates on information, updates on new deals, updates on anything happening first. Before we reveal it out to the public, we always take care of ours first and then move out from there. So I hope you guys enjoy those. But with that being said, let's go without further ado, make our way over, Tito Miranda, head coach, Howard University, rugby men. Check it out. Grow rugby, grow rugby, grow rugby, grow rugby, grow rugby, grow rugby, grow What's up everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. I got a V. And an eye of the eye and the people of the peas. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, head coach for for Howard Rugby Men, uh, uh, Mount St. Mary's alum. This is the second one that we have uh, uh, right up there with uh, Farrah, Farrah Douglas. Uh, Tito Miranda. Tito, man, thank you so much for coming through. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Um like you said, it's been a it's been a while, and I would love to have a chat with you guys, man. And it's true, look, and you know, I know, I know the first time, it, with, particularly with Howard, was through you know with twenty twenty. But I had already known about you. I think either the BIPOC group and some other rugby groups, even previous to this, um, and uh, actually a couple other people, I think that we have in common. Uh, that I'd heard about you, but obviously Howard Rugby and taking over as the men's uh, head coach was a big, you know, identifier. It, it adds a little spotlight, if you may, you know? So, oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely um, awesome, one, being being the coach and getting into this adventure with the guys. It's, it's kind of all in this together, so hey, man, it's, I feel it's super that. exciting. Yes, indeed. See, and that's what I'm talking about, so... You know, I, I it's been something that has been interesting, especially when it comes to obviously my vested interest in HBCUs. But again, the continuing process of a person being able to take the time to not just be able to coach, but volunteer to be something that actually moves culture and the pressure that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's definitely something new to me, um, coaching wise, and then even being, being Hispanic, you know. Like, 
it's it's a little different um, culture wise. So it's it's a learning curve for all of us, and then just um, it's, it's fun. And I get to, I guess they get to experience my culture too. I'm up there <laughs> making a goofball of myself and like, just like using the, the slang now is uh, not what it used to be when I was in high school. So like, yeah, you're old, dude. I'm like, oh, I know I'm old, but I'm not, I was like, I was just in your shoes four years ago, five years right? ago. It's not that long, guys. It's, one day they it's thought like, I was like 45. I'm like, dude, I just graduated college. <laughs> 2015, 2017. Like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Look, you but, know, it's the internet age. Yeah, time moves faster yeah. than uh, the normal. All right, we this this is an interstellar without the gravity. The gravity now happens to be, you know, again culture. Believe me, I I understand the feeling all too well. But you know, kind of before we get into more of the depth of uh, what we about being Howard coach, I always like to find out, you know, from everybody what their origin story is because every superhero has an origin story. So for you, Tito, to let get it started. Tito, my friend, how did you get started in rugby? I, uh, so growing up in Silver Spring, grew up playing soccer from the age of four till I was like 19, 18. I went to, went to Mount St. Mary's to play soccer and that didn't end up working out for me. And then junior year, I, uh, just the soccer, the rugby team always practiced on on the other side of the pitch. I like the other a field next to the soccer, the club soccer team I was playing on. Yeah. And then my, one of my buddies had been bugging me for three years straight already. Like, Hey, come play rugby, come play rugby. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go. I'll better practice. And then that's just, that's where it was. They called me the foot fairy because I was a <laughs> soccer player that, that could kick. I found it found it a little simple. So I was, I was on the sidelines doing like little tricks, like lifting the ball up in different ways. And I just picking up with my feet and, learned how to tackle and kind of went, went from there I've, I've been I've been really blessed with uh great coaching for rugby like you set up at Mount St. Mary's they got Jay Miles also had coach Jim Bonner like taking in all the, the new guys helping them out like kind of teaching you the ropes and the teammates I had were also very experienced and were able to take their time and teach me nice. so I was very blessed that way you know you talk about be, playing soccer for basically 15 years um, I guess for the most part, the majority of your life, are for you is was sports something that was um, uh, important within your family, or was it just something that you had high interest and just kind of ran with it? Oh no, sports are sports are huge in my family. Like like going going back in time, like my dad back back home in Guatemala. So I'm originally from Guatemala. I was nice. born and raised here though, but like summers I'd go back home. We got a farm over there, so we'll, we'll go mess with the cattle and, and just have that fun, right? But then he grew up playing soccer. Right. He came to the States, still played soccer. Like, growing up, we'd go to all the D.C. United games, and I would – well, we would, like, have my kids, like, a travel team as a kid. Yeah. Every Saturday and Sunday, we were on the road going to my soccer games, and then, like, during the weeks, we'd be going to practices, and we'd have one-on-one practice with my dad just, like, basically teaching me how to like do a different type of kick or how to defend better. So, so like sports in my blood, I'd never see myself not doing a sport and not helping out someone with a sport or something like that. So <clears throat> like still got season tickets to DC. Um, I watch baseball, football, every, every sport I can, a lot of rugby, obviously. Right. But yeah, but, uh, like 
to the, the point where I plan my Saturdays and Sundays around it. Yo, that's <laughs> what's up. Like, I, I'm assuming that stadium, like a piece of the stadium, is in your in your body. Like, it's part of the it's part of the whole setup now. It's like it's not yeah. just, it's not a separate stadium. This is my offset. This is my my yeah. second body over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, take pride, even though the DC isn't the best team right now. I'm like, yep, I'm part of that team. Like, I have that seat over there. Look, or when they're in RFK. <laughs> it's one of those it's like the mean is like yo that's mine i stick beside him <laughs> in the tough times and good times i'll be there um hey. like the same thing goes with little glory too because i'm doing uh i'll go to their games as well and kind of just observe so it's 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 good you guys got my guy nate osborne over there so uh i, I in part now root for dc united <laughs> success as a result. So, hey, hey, just keep in mind. You keep a faith. <laughs> oh, but no, that's that's legit. You know, I, I it's always interesting because of the fact I think a lot of people um, obviously don't know the the first gen uh, experience, especially whenever you get a chance to travel. For me, you know, my family's originally from Nigeria. So uh, there's always been these elements uh, that, you know, you focus in on. Uh, a specific aspect for for my parents, uh, you know, it's academics and activity, you know, uh, but there's always the necessity of establishing your culture and being able to make sure that you're establishing within your culture, regardless of whatever it is you do. Um, for you guys, obviously, you talk about being able to go back and forth between Guatemala and, and Maryland, you know, how much were your parents emphasizing um, maintaining traditions or keeping you informed about traditions as you grew up as an American kid from Guatemala. So of Guatemalan descent, if you want to be specific. Yeah. The, the way I see it is I was raised in the United States, but I was raised like I was still in Guatemala. Word. Like my, my first language is not English. It's Spanish. I didn't yeah. learn English until I went to school. Like I was a kid in Esau, like always like struggling with English and then caught up to it. And they're like, Hey, listen, like at home, you're going to speak Spanish. I don't care what you speak outside of here. Like, listen, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to love this later in life. You hate it now. And now with the job I do, all I speak is Spanish because I'm in construction yeah. as a super. So it's, it's a huge blessing in disguise, but I got, I hated speaking Spanish at home when I was a kid. <laughs> like they'd catch my sisters and I speaking in English. Like, Hey, stop. Like, this is a Spanish. Like we're speaking Spanish in this house. Yo, Let's go. See, I, I, I'm envious of that. And I think it's something that I, I've seen a lot within Latin American and Hispanic homes and being able to make sure to maintain that language. But for us as Nigerians, uh, our parents, as they came over, a lot of them were like, look, we want to make sure we integrate in well. Like, you know, this is the 90s, really, particularly the 90s and 80s. You know, it's like we wanted to be able to integrate. So we're going to hold off on teaching the language. We'll The parents will speak the native language at home, but will not transfer it over. So you'll like pick up things, but it was never a necessity. So then when it comes to the future and it comes to now and the parents are like, oh, why don't you speak the language? It's like, yo, you never taught us. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, how are you mad at us for us not being able to do this job? So uh, I give a lot of credit uh, to those families. And of course, I understand reasons. But, you know, whenever you bring it back in my face, I go, hey, other it's people taught their languages, all right? You, you should yeah. you should have been part of the process, all right? Became the yeah. problem, and then you called us out for it. So kudos to your parents on being able to maintain that component of the culture. Yeah, and that's, like, just not not the language, but, like, the food. Like, I, we didn't grow up eating much, like, pizza or all, like, American yeah. American food. 
it was all like home cooked meals with like tortillas, rice and beans, a lot of that. <coughs> so I was able to learn to appreciate that more. Um, and that's right. what I'm hoping to pass down to my kids one day. Dude, I feel that that one that one did maintain for us at least. Even though the language one was was a a misnomer to say the least, uh, misnomer was an exclu- it, it was uh, 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 an exception to the rule. Everything else always maintained. So I, I think it's always wise because you get that hybrid situation and being able to you know be the tweener where you understand both cultures. And I feel like it's like Super Saiyan, you know, kind of Gohan kind of thing where you're like you're more powerful because you get to be both instead of just one. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely is. I can like fit in in a lot of situations, you know. So um, it's 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 awesome. Uh, oh, I, I love it. I love that. So kind of moving forward, moving from soccer, football. I'm in Brazil now, so I can say football and not scoff as I used to do. But <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the real football. So I, I know, I know, but you know, it's 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 the internal biases. I, I have been properly brainwashed to <laughs> But you know, as at whatever you were moving, whenever you got to college and you're playing, you're playing soccer, you're playing with Mount St. Mary's. And you start to make that transition to rugby, you know, what was it w- with your parents? Because obviously you and your dad had a huge connection and obviously the rest of your family through this soccer element uh, for yeah. you. Like what was what was that transition like in terms of understanding and, and accepting? Yeah, they, they had absolutely no clue what rugby was. Like just a little story. When I was a kid, I would play like street football and all that. Right. Right. Mom got me what I thought was a football. It was actually like a, a a rugby ball with the South Africa emblem on it. Yo. Uh, like I looked at her and I'm like, "Mom, this isn't a football." So I threw it away. Bro, because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going to public school in Montgomery County, like you don't have rugby. True. So then, I, like, I started playing rugby. And I called him like, "Hey, remember that ball you got me that one time?" I was like, "That's the sport I'm playing now." <laughs> <laughs> so, they're like that was like uh, ten years ago. Wow! I, always <laughs> I was like, do we still have that? She's like, nah. You tossed that. I'm like, oh dang. All right. <laughs> um, but it, I think it was like a, I don't know the exact verbiage for it, but you know, like telling you the future without really telling you. you know? Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Foreshadowing. Um, so, but like picking up at first, they were they were all both nervous just because injuries and tackling, like. Soccer right. you, tackling is not the same as rugby, you know, and right. I never played football. I was literally just a soccer player and did martial arts. Um, so it was a little more contact. They came out to a couple games. She said that she had her heart in her mouth because every time we would get tackled, or I would tackle someone, she was nervous. Um, <laughs> my, my dad just would watch on the sideline, and I was a kicker. I was the, the conversion taker for Mount St. Yeah. Mary's. So he would, it's funny because he would give me tips on how to kick better if I would miss. And I was like, this isn't, a, circu- this isn't a circular ball. <laughs> so it's, it's a little different than kicking a soccer ball, man. But thank you. I was, I was never rude. I was like, thank you, Dad. I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. <laughs> but, hey, the man said, hey, the thing can rotate, right? All right, we're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, I was, uh, I was lucky enough to get decent pretty quick at rugby. So once I started making like the A side and becoming a starter, that really changed her mind. Um, there was always that like thought of injury, um, which happened a couple times. Right. And 
they they were not happy with me. I got yelled at a couple times. I'm like, what, what am I going to do? That's like, it's part of the game. Just like one day after Georgetown, I show up with seven stitches on my face the day before my dad flew out. He's like, what are you doing? Like, you have no scholarship. They're going to break you. You're not going to be able to walk. No. <laughs> so, Man. It was, uh, it, was, it was always rough patches. But, you know, we went to the Nationals. And they were proud then, and when we won it, was, uh, I think we won a couple times and won it. It was uh, it was definitely one of the high points in our lives. Oh, that's legit. So. That's legit. You know, it, it always is good to be able to be like, I told you so, a little bit. Like, yeah. yo, yo, you, you worried? It's too much. Like, I told you, it'd be good. We got, we got something from it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, like, yeah. And honestly, playing rugby at the Mount really changed my life completely. I just I don't know where I would be without picking up the sport and just like um, Jay is like a dad to me. So him and the whole family took me in. His son is one of my best friends. He was the best man at my wedding. So yes. it's it's really like another family I picked up from playing and not just not just Jay, but a lot of the team that I played with were still really good friends. So. You know, speaking of the family component, and I just kind of want to get maybe an idea, less of maybe a comparison, but more of just a, a context, you know, going to, well, let me put contextualize with this. I know Montgomery County, pretty okay. I had an ex that lived in, was from Bethesda, and I've buku buku cousins in that area, because, oh, you know, sweet. yeah, Maryland is the smallest big place I've ever seen, where <laughs> I feel like everybody knows everybody. And I, what is it, I-59, directly like everybody everybody knows everybody but you know uh you know it it always seems like there was always like i said a connection the people that you had in your life uh in terms of friends and 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 family but more so in the friends department um you know because you were so central as a soccer player uh what was that transition like whenever you started telling them about rugby uh and your participation with rugby in that so it was it was a little different for me because like once once I went to college, I, I didn't I guess my friendships with soccer, which is where I have like a different view of it, weren't mm-hmm. as strong as they were with rugby. You know, I, I grew up playing for the same team since I was probably like eleven. Yeah. We were all really good friends and then we all went to college. They kind of just stopped there. It's probably Do you my think fault. It's like that com- competitive because you know soccer obviously is so competitive because as team sport as it is, it seems to be very individualized yeah, there, in a lot of aspects. And I, I hate that because there's not one good player. Everyone plays a different position right? as a team. You know, you, yes, you have let's, – let's, let's stick to soccer. Like, you have the best forward in the world, right? Like, right. You also have really good defenders. So, sorry, what I was saying is, like, my the guy that coached me for – nine to ten years uh he is the assistant coach at howard u for soccer mm-hmm. oh wow so, small world again the the, the uh, montgomery <laughs> county and dc and baltimore like it's it's all the same area to me i've, I've come to learn <laughs> yeah 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 uh, but like uh, i would keep in touch with him but i would, I would like randomly see like players out and just we would really say hi and, and all that we never really got out of the way to hang out um, and again, all these guys went to bigger, like state school. Yeah. Uh, I went to a small Catholic university up, up in Emmitsburg, Maryland, you know, population of probably 
a thousand people, <laughs> <laughs> including the students. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More than half of those are students. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a little different. No, I, I got you. I got you. And and even with the ones like, and, and if you don't want to talk about it, you know, obviously you don't have to. But like, what were some of the issues that you ended up having once you got to St. Mary's with that program? Because obviously there's something, and and I'm assuming you either had a scholarship or at least you were with the varsity team. So you're dealing with a pretty. Uh, so I wasn't, um, I went to Mount St. Mary's. I got recruited to go there and it didn't end up working out. Cause like coming back to the Guatemala thing, I flew out to Guatemala the day after I graduated. Mm. And like, we had a couple of tournaments with the club team I played in and the coach like was kind of just iffy on it. Yeah. Um, so freshman year I show up and enjoy the freshman life a little too much. And I know then, this feeling all too well. <laughs> <laughs> and then five it was days a, a week. Somehow you managed to play like in seven days a week of partying. What the heck? I'll, I'll show you. No, I, and I was the kid that wanted to be a doctor. No. Um, oh, God. So you were that guy who was like, yo, I need uh, to do my bio, my chem. But, uh, yeah, no. Yes, yes. So yeah. I went through very tough times my freshman year because there was self-inflict. Uh, so uh, grades struggled, or struggled a good bit. And then it was just a fight to kind of get them up. Um, so I was playing club soccer. When I was going to try out my junior year, they, they axed the program. Oh, wow. Um, so it was just like a club team that we I was already on. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. That's that. Like them axing it. Like I have no, no reason why I should try harder now for soccer. Let me just go try different sports. Yo. So – you know, you, you get in, your friends convince you. And, and to be honest with you, I actually, it's very funny because uh, not necessarily a similar experience, but I, I definitely understand the the freshman year struggles. For me, it was engineering. And uh, I went into it like super, super cocky because like sometimes like I'd done, you know, some advanced classes in high school. So you like, you see the material, you're like, oh, this is like the same thing. I don't need to study. Let me go out and go enjoy, you know, freshman life. And yeah. then you get the, the, that that struggle. And at the same time, I was actually trying out for the football team. But the ironic part was, and this kind of speaks to the, uh, uh, like how you felt with the rugby ball, the South African rugby ball, and you threw it away. Um, my team, my one of my dorm mates, uh, he was part of the USF rugby team and invited me to go out. And I think I tried once. And then I was like, I was done. I was like, eh, I, because I, I, honestly, at the time, I thought because I just read that rugby was just a progenitor of American football. So I was like, oh, okay. So it was just like one of those old sports where it's like fencing, like, or like, mini- <laughs> actually, I felt like it was like the Renaissance Festival. I was like, oh, people like play this Renaissance Festival game. It's not obviously, but like this feeling, you know, you do it because it exists, but it doesn't have any serious notion to it. So let me go on. Little would I know that Florida has some of the heaviest rugby in the country, especially yes. at the collegiate level. And then after it would be the 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 inference for me playing later on, but you know uh, uh, that 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 foreshadowing and dystopian entry always adds uh, an element to that. Uh, uh, so I feel that. But for you, you know, you enter into the to the rugby circuit, and obviously, like you said, you've been playing soccer all this time. You're not tackling. Uh, what made you go past the first practice? Uh, I guess all the guys are like the first practice they took me in. I didn't feel like I was a brand new guy. Like I was like 
I remember the very first thing I did is like, all right, like we're doing this drill. We're like, we're going to be tackling. Um, so just watch a couple. And then they had one of the older guys step out of the drill and start like, the, actually my, the guy that kept bugging me for three years, his name's Craig. He's like, Hey, come here. I'll, I'll help you. So he helped me tackle. And then the coach is like, Hey, you know, the way you get better is by doing it. So go jump in the drill. And it was awesome. Yo. Like I carried the ball. I broke a tackle. I'm like, Oh, I can do this. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, this feels right. <laughs> well, the, like, I called my mom. I'm like, hey, you know, like, the, the biggest thing about soccer is like, I, I have a very pretty thick guy with thick legs. Yeah. I was like, mom, I'm playing a sport. Everyone has the same legs I do. Like, all these guys <laughs> have thick legs too. I'm not alone. I was like, I yeah, I was like I'm home. I'm home. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. You know, I, and I think that that goes into that that element, like. Again, that initial welcome, I think, is always, for the most part, I think, been very consistent amongst rugby teams, which I, I think has helped so much down the road. For you guys, you know, you, as you continue through, can you tell me about your first game uh, and, and what that experience, your first time being able to get on the pitch? Let me be correct. So my first game, I was playing B-side um, against Frostburg, at Frostburg. So... It's like a three-hour drive from Mount St. Mary's. Yeah. So I'm in the car with guys that I met two days before. <laughs> and I show up, and the coach is like, where's this guy? Like, he's not here. Like, all right, Tito, you're playing fly half. I'm like, I have no clue what that is. <laughs> Wait, they had you playing fly half off the bat? I was just – well, B-side. It was just B-side. So, like, I show up. He's like, just, like, catch the ball and, like, Give it to the guy next to you, or if you see a hole, just take it. I'm like, all right, cool. I had zero passes that day. I would just catch and carry. We scored. We scored a lot of tries, and I was I was kicking because they had awesome. kick, and then I was just sliding them in. I'm like, that's that's what I cemented my stay on the rugby team. That's when I was like, all right, I'm going to get better at this sport and just roll. <laughs> I wasn't the best at tackling, but I was getting a lot of yards after contact. Hey, look, drag who you need to drag to be able to show that that power. But, like, even in that, again, you know, outside of practice, it's not something that you normally did. Like, what was that that mentality for you where you were just like, yo, give me the hits. Give me the hits. <laughs> so uh, it's weird, but one thing I always used to do um, is I always used to watch a lot of like, – when I first started, I'd watch maybe two or three games a day. Um we used to work in the library, like late yeah. shifts. So I would just throw a rugby game on and like no one would ever come up to check a book out. It was mostly just like <laughs> printing papers. So I was always had a rugby match going. And then uh, like they, they were telling me what positions I would possibly play. So I was like, all right, like who should I look at? And so like the first guy I started watching was like Dan Carter and then Mananu. I'm like, I want to be that guy. I was like, yeah. he's like, I was like, he, back then, 5'10", 230, 225. I'm like, all right, I'm that height, that weight. Yeah, I was like, I can, I think I can run like that. Not that I'm even close or ever got close to being as good as he ever was or is. You got to set the mark. Uh, my, my mark was him. <laughs> Yo, I, I, I feel that. I, I absolutely, absolutely feel that. You know, uh, I, I felt the same way. I don't know why for the life of me, the name's not coming to me, but uh, the flanker for, flanker captain for, for the All Blacks um, with the hair. Played with Mananu as well. Uh, same, white guy, same Kane. White guy, yeah. Sam, what's his name? Is it Sam Kane? Maybe. No, 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 no. Messing no. his name up. Uh, number six, one, 2015 MVP for the Rugby World Cup. 
Oh, is that uh, when he retired? Uh, he's a retired one, right? Yeah, yeah, he's retired. Yeah, Not yeah, now, yeah. he's retired. I'm, I'm bl- yeah, I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, like I, I know the name. His book is boring. I, can see his and I don't face. know what to me, but I for some reason it, it's lost. <laughs> but anyways, like that was for me. So like whenever my coach brought me in and told me I was playing flanker, it was just like, okay, who do you watch? And it was like, oh, this guy is the uh, is the one that you know sets the standard. And it's gonna be so sad because in about like ten minutes, it's gonna come to me, and and it's gonna be the most out of context response. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, you know, it, it was one of those situations where, like, you, I, I get the feeling of of being able to see those videos, and I obviously for you, I think it would have been easier because you actually had YouTube to be able to utilize it. I think for me, even though YouTube existed, I, I got DVDs initially to watch, like, literally rugby from the seventies and eighties and early nineties, a bit of the two thousands. Man, rugby really changed. Over time, <laughs> like, and you, you couldn't have it on your phone, like YouTube no. on your phone either, right? So, facts. That's um, true. So, so before every game, I had this one thing where I I would watch a Mananu highlight clip of him making hits and breaking runs, and I would have a Snickers bar, like to the point where the reward, like no, that that was that was my pregame. War- aside from the warm up, I. Like to the point where the parents at Nationals like, did you have your Snickers bar today? <laughs> they had extra ones, like just giving them to me just because they wanted to make sure I had my Snickers bar before they came to make I was good. You know, like they say, you're not you when you're hungry. So, right. <laughs> Yo, that's a, hey, look, look, man. And clearly you were training your brain to remember what needed to be done. Get the Snickers bar. That's your spinach. The spinach to yeah. your Popeye. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. It was Oh, that's awesome. And for you, you know, obviously we talk about your first game, but when was the game or the moment where you felt like I understand what's happening? Because there's always a, you know, especially when you first start, there's the I'm going through it. I understand the basics. Obviously, let me run the ball. Let me hit the ball. Eventually you get the pass. But for you, was there a moment or when was the moment where you were like, oh, I understand the sequence of this. This this thing makes sense to me as a whole. Yes, so I started my junior year. Um, I guess like beginning of senior year, like mid 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 senior year. Um, yeah, I don't remember what game exactly, but like I, I don't know. It got to a point where it clicked, right? Like I came in for a full preseason, and we like we walked through everything, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. i see the game is all here now it's all here it all comes together so that's about still about a few a few games into your first season basically uh oh first full season i joined like november of junior year like there Mm -hmm. it was towards the tail end so the first couple games of the the second year i played nice oh yeah that's that's when i also just kind of just played 12 for it yeah yeah so Dude, I love that. I love that. And so with this, you you know, you speak about your coaches and your teammates, obviously, in, 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 in incredibly loving ways. How much of an influence were they when it came to you becoming now a coach? Oh, no. Those, they're my mentors. Um, aside from, like, Jay, we, we had uh, Coach Neil, Neil Tana, come in um, from Australia, and he just – like he since we first met each other it was like we like hit it off really well he like actually helped me with kicking even though he was a forward nice. um, i just mess with him he, like we would always do like our kicking sessions after practice or before practice 
And then uh, when I first started coaching, I like I called Jay up, and then I'd call him. I st- we still actually just talked today about coaching. Nice. Um, I just like running ideas through them, and now like just expanding the circle more with other coaches I'm like growing with. You know, we just bounce ideas off each other. Just don't want to like keep it in like I guess not in the mean way, but like the old '90s way. Yeah, this like rugby's like it's, it it's out changing. And... It's yeah, it's changing, and like it's not just all about go hit that guy in the face and let's see who can like just run it up the middle anymore. You know, it's like there's there's different methods of stuff. So um, yeah, like I call Jay Neil, uh, my buddy Vince, who's also actually the assistant Howard coach here too. Nice. Uh, we play together at the mountain. He coaches Howard and good counsel. He's he's really been a lot of help. We'll like we'll see some random videos on Instagram about like how why plays worked at the pros. We'll like send it to each other, like, hey, once we get a solid 15s team, we can try to run these plays. So we have like a little memory bank of a bunch of plays that we want to <laughs> implement with the Howard boys. And then I've been I've been able to like help out with uh Old Glory, like U19 and U23 Academy. We're able nice. to meet like Cully there. Um, and Danny T, who's been awesome, just like hanging out with them. They have so much knowledge from being pros. Um, to helping out with coaching now that they just, if I can catch anything that they know, it'd be awesome. Oh man, that's awesome. So, yeah. what what was the transition like? Because you you know you spoke about your time at Mount St. Mary's, you guys got the championship, but what happened between playing for Mount St. Mary's and then becoming the coach? Because as you said, you know you graduated twenty seventeen. Two years later, you're at least signing up to coach with Howard or three years later, you're signing up to yeah. coach with Howard. Uh, yeah. What was that transition like? So I, uh, like I said, I work for a construction company as a superintendent. Um, so as soon as I got to college, I started working in construction and then I wanted to play rugby again. So I joined a men's team Yeah. Um, here in the area. And then I, I joined a different one after uh, Rocky Gorge. Yeah. Um, it, they were awesome too. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie that that was some of the most fun I I've had playing. Yeah, yeah, very competitive. Like each practice was, was pretty much like a game where, like, if you weren't on, you're not playing the weekend. Um, but like everyone's nice, you know. Everyone knows your role. Um, so like, I was like, you know, like I tore my meniscus, like both meniscus, and um, I'm like, maybe I should slow down. I got I have to walk for a living around the building, like twelve. Depends, like seven anywhere from like seven to twelve story buildings, or even higher. Depends on what the job looks like. I'm like, you know, the tour ACL is not going to be good for me here. So, I can I can see there's a little bit of a damper going up the steps. You know, who 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 yeah. doesn't want to just kind of hobble up with a uh uh with the crutches up. Twelve. Yeah. So years. that and like COVID happened, so we we still like. We didn't have an official season, but we would get together and play touch. And then, like, the season came around, like, hey, you coming back? I'm like, you know what? The opportunity presented itself. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what I can do with these Howard guys. Um, so you it's, know, it's, been, it's been awesome. No, oh, that's legit. You know, it, again, you know, it, even with that, it's still always a difference. Like, a lot of times people start to kind of go off into the moonlight, to say the least, especially after injuries where it's either just like, hey, I'm here to support from a distance or continue watching. But, you know, what was that point where you were just like, maybe coaching is for me? Because did you feel like it was something that was always kind of in your system to teach? Or was it just like a light bulb moment that maybe you didn't realize? Um, well, I'd, I'd helped out with like 
we we'd bring high school teams in for Mount St. Mary's and we'd hold like a practice and yeah. I would just help out with the drills as like a model and you know like passing around I'm like this is actually pretty cool but I never thought I would coach it was more like a uh, like okay yeah, I'll do this and then I started it and like it's like a weird feeling where I have more fun seeing the light bulb go off on the guys that they can do it yeah. than doing it myself like I'll, I'll still don't get me wrong I'll still go out there step the kids and talk trash on the way over like you let this fat guy just get around you <laughs> let, let them know let them know yeah, I, still, like, I was like showing them tackling and slowly like revving up the tackle with one of the bigger guys on the team <laughs> so i was like i still got it dude i can t- test me i got you <laughs> remember coaching but, is a choice yeah. not a mandatory we still got it i just love you guys enough <laughs> yeah i see them as my kids and like one of the biggest things that i want to do which what they what happened to me was it like I said it changed my life it gave me more opportunity, whether it was through like alumni, or just like having more family. And if I could change one of these kids' life, that's what that would make it all worth it for me. But I I want to be able to like have the kid come back and be like, hey coach, look, this is what this is what I did. This is what I'm doing to help the community out. This is what I'm doing with my family. The way I see it is we're all one big family, and I do want to win. But as much as I want to win, I want them to develop as men. So. That's that's my biggest goal. Winning will come if I can get them to be good people. Of course. Um, no, no, I love that. I love that. And I think it's so important, especially when it comes into to situations with HBCUs because of the fact of the special culture that goes in development because it is a it's, – it's an, it's an egg of a sort that develops people in a different way. And I think it's really important to make sure that those intentions are always pure. Um, you know – Stepping into that, you know, you guys kind of created this thing off of COVID. Um, why, why Howard versus maybe another high school? You talk about working with Old Glory U19. Why Howard for you? What was it that was the unique set that, or what was it that that made you say like this is this is where I want to really start this well, thing. Um- even though I was raised in Montgomery County, I'm a kid that's first generation here that parents weren't well off. I, when there was no school, I was working. You know, I went to the Mount because I was able to get some financial aid and scholarship. And I, I kind of see myself in, in these kids' shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, many of them are just like single mom, single dad, maybe even first gen here. I have some guys that are not, not even here with family. Um, so I like to keep in touch with them a little more. I got mm-hmm. some get some guys that are from Trinidad, some guys that are from Kenya. So like I can kind of see myself and like the, what they're going through. And like I tell them every practice, I'm like, guys, I was just in your shoes. Like to all the foreign kids, they're usually soccer players. Right. So I'm like, guys, I was a Especially soccer from the player. Island. <laughs> yes. All the Trinidad kids are playing soccer except for one that played rugby. I'm like, guys, I'm a soccer player by heart. Like I know what you're going through. I ex- know exactly what you're going through. Don't be scared of tackle. It's going to be okay. It's going to hurt more <laughs> if you focus too much on it. Just hit the guy. So uh, like, long, long story short, like just don't want to make it too long-winded. But I, Be I, long-winded. I That's the point of a podcast. <laughs> I, but I feel like I'm, I'm kind of like they are, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it's cool how it's HBCU. Uh, and like I said in the, in the in the beginning of the podcast, it's a little different than I'm used to. Honestly, Mount St. Mary's is pretty not as diverse as other schools around here. Right. Um, but it's it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. 
Um, so it's I'm, I'm excited to see what we can do this this year. Like it's a fair warning, everyone else. Like we're we're gonna be a team that's a little different than last year. Um, we saw sparks last year, and I'm expecting to see a full full team this year of what what these boys can do. They just have to believe in themselves. Dude, I love that. Um, I'm going to kind of continue on the, the cultural thing, though, a little bit. You know, obviously from the team side, <clears throat> you're able to get the relationship, which is great. What was your relationships with HBCUs even prior? Because I know in my, in my experience, uh, before I moved to Louisiana, you couldn't tell me what an HBCU was. I, I had no idea anything about it until I remember my parents brought me to – we came to Baton Rouge, and they brought me to Southern University campus. Now, my family is Adventist, uh, so the only Southern University that I knew was uh, called Southern Adventist University in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So whenever they were like, we're going to Southern, my mind was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. We're in Louisiana. Aren't that supposed to be in Tennessee? And then they showed, they're like, oh, <laughs> this is Southern University, this, the, this, this black college. And I'm like, cool. What? <laughs> like, yeah, no, oh, I was- it's kind of the same reaction you got. I, the only other time I heard about it was in college because the Mount, Mount St. Mary's usually plays teams around the area before they start their their actual thing. So, like, I, I, I've always seen, like, Howard Gear and, like, Wheaton, oh, sorry, uh, places around the school. Yeah. I never looked into it. I didn't even know there were HBCUs until, like, college. So I, I had to do a little bit of research, I'm not going to lie. Um, Dude, I, I didn't realize how much of a prestigious school um, Howard is. Um, it is so. It is one of the, the, the creme de la cremes. And it, yeah. it has its own, like, from as I understand, because i never actually been to the campus, despite being in the D.C. area. But it's like, it has such a um, prestige. Actually, to be honest with you, I knew about Howard University before I knew about HBCUs, only because of the fact that this show, uh, Living Single, uh, the main one of the main characters, Khadijah, went to Howard University. And so I only knew about Howard University be- basically because of that. But the rest of the system was like, I don't know anything I, about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did know something that, like, for Homecoming, they always brought in some sweet artists. Yeah. So they did talk. The kids would come from Mount St. Mary's to try to get into Howard Homecoming. Yeah. Um, so that, sorry, I lied. I heard about it before college, like right, right when I was a freshman and sophomore. I'm like, yo, like Howard's bringing Kid Cudi here. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hold up. So, How yeah. do I do this? Yeah. yeah so I, I, I lied. I did know about them, but it was just like a brush off. Um, but then, I, I, like I said, I did some research. I'm like, oh shit, this is awesome. Um, has the has has the culture of the area um, impacted the way that you? Um, What's the best way of putting it? Let me use a, let me use an example on this. I remember going on to Southern campus, and we have LSU and Southern campus. You know, they're same school, same not same school job. Sorry, same town, different sides of town. Um, you know, you go on LSU campus. It's a PWI. You know, and for me as a university brat, my dad goes has worked at all these universities. I I understood the the motion of how that goes and yada yada yada. But whenever I would go to Southern, it, it did have a shift in energy. Uh, and, and obviously, we're not speaking in, in negative, but it was a shift in energy. Whereas, like, I, I would very, I wouldn't liken it exactly to me going from the US and then visiting Nigeria, where you're just like, yo, everybody is you. But it was like, for me, it was just like, 
yo, this is this is a different comfort versus what it was on on LSU campus or Iowa State or Penn State uh, in, in its own aspect. Never uncomfortable in any of these other ones, but you, there's difference. A little more you know? comfortable there. Yeah, it's just maybe maybe even comfort might be the wrong word. More, it's just like there's less weight that was involved in it. You still had to know because I'm still Louisiana at that time, so I'm a northern kid trying to understand Louisiana. But you know, it's it's still Louisiana, but it's just a different dynamic. Uh, for you, obviously, it would be more so, especially Montgomery, especially Montgomery County itself, uh, um, and 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 that 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 arena in a lot of ways. Um, you know, what was it like to be in this environment that uh, that was predominantly black, and and you're working with these kids who are uh, developing inside this environment? Yeah, it gets. I mean, like like you said, growing up in Montgomery County, like the majority of my school was mixed, yeah. right? Like the DMV area is like a huge melting pot. Like people, yeah. I know people always say that, but it really is, man. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like I showed up the first day. I'm like, hey, how's everyone doing? And just like kind of went off from there. I, I didn't feel any different. Nice. It was, it was cool. Like all the kids are super nice. They're excited to be there. Um, the one thing I'm still getting used to is just how late they show up. <laughs> 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 I've like talked about it. I'm like, guys, I know it's batting time, but please, like, <laughs> let's show up on time for practice. We just heard it. You know, it's 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 the curse and blessing of melanin, and it, it doesn't always make it for great time. <laughs> nah, they've gotten a lot, but we, awesome. we had we had to bring that up in a couple of meetings. Like this year's goal is like let's show up a little early before practice starts. Like, don't roll up like. Eight ten when we're already warming up, you know. <laughs> See, it's, you know, this is a trick where you have to be like, "Yo, we got to get here by seven thirty. No question. Everybody guaranteed will be there by eight. <laughs> that's what I do on game day. On game day, I always send them an hour before because I know they'll show up on time. <laughs> yo, I love that. Just like no, threaten it, that they're gonna leave them there and they're not gonna be able to catch a ride. And yo, <laughs> you do what you look as a Nigerian. This is something that is near and dear to our hearts because uh, there is no such thing as an event that doesn't start at minimum at minimum two and a half hours later than when it's supposed to. And, the and I I completely understand that because like being Hispanic, like going to parties, like we wouldn't show up at five when it started. We show up like at seven, seven thirty. For, it's a lot of like guys. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why do you be the first one there? No, like right. wait a little bit. <laughs> So it's like, hey guys, like I get it. I'm the same way. When it comes to practice, like let's show up on time. You know, Word. let's all work on that. It's just, Word. it's just hilarious. So like, coach, you just don't know about CPT. I'm like, I grew up in this area. I know exactly what it is. So let's want to cut this off real quick, bro. I love that. I love that, man. You know, you guys started this program smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. You know, and and I've I've heard that there was a lot of trials and tribulations that happened between 2020 and and late 2021. Um, can you speak on some of the stuff that was going on in terms of trying to you know get the get the not the team but working with the administration? And on top of that, Howard was going through its own little personal issues as well. Yeah. So uh, first off, I I was just assigned as a coach. I like. I didn't have much to do with the start of everything. That was mm-hmm. on Daniel to conduct. Like they did all the legwork. These kids are awesome for starting this whole thing. Uh, when I showed up, I know we were having trouble 
I guess the school was going through a lot. So there were a lot of empty seats where we were reaching out to, to people to try to get all the appropriate forms and all the signatures and the approvals. So that, I feel like it just, it just kept getting lost in emails and meetings and like, I got to go talk to this guy. We, we turned into kind of like a tennis ball. Yeah. But it was able to get worked out. It was, it's cool. You know, we we uh, we know the the paths to take now to to get uh, the people we need to talk to. Um, so Howard, um, it's it's been it's been good. Like like I said, it's been something to get used to. I'm yeah. used to one way I'm on St. Mary's because for grad school I was a graduate assistant, so I was pretty much doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, but when I come down here, the coach like it's Howard. I said, guys, I have no clue what that means. <laughs> <laughs> They're like it's different. I'm like I know different. I went to a school up north. Like I know exactly what different is. It was just <laughs> us there. They're like you don't get it. It's Howard, and that's like that's what they left me with. They didn't know explanation. Yeah. So they um, said you like, will learn by experience, not by telling, because it'll be much easier to understand that and way. That's exactly how I learned. Uh, I would go there. I talked to the people I could talk to, and we were able to make some good friends there. And the administration's helping us out, um, at least in the springtime, with some fields and and some other stuff there. So we're, yeah, we're excited. We're excited for like, this is the first like real year of us kind of rolling with, with let's say a mock fall season and the mm-hmm. spring season coming up. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, how has been like the process of even recruiting the players and kind of bringing them along? Cause I know, I, I know how much of an arduous process that can be not so much difficult, but just because there's so many moving pieces that you have to do and the dedication, obviously, married you're working and uh going and yeah. howard is what smack dab in the middle of dc as well too yeah so even though i live in dc it takes me 30 minutes to get to howard because mm-hmm. i live on like the northwest side and it's like <laughs> technically still northwest but like, i hit every single traffic and traffic like i can get there um no but it's uh it's, it's been it's been good um recruiting wise last last season i my main focus was on teaching the guys how to play. Yeah. I didn't even bother recruiting anything. I was like, mostly just, Hey, like tell your friends to come, you know, like tell yeah. your friends, bring your friends. And they did. We started the first practice. We had, I want to say six guys. One guy showed up on time. The other guy showed up like an hour after. Oh, dang. Um, and then like that slowly came, like it would be hit or miss on how many players we had. So like I would, <laughs> I was that, Brand new coach with like a practice plan, like seven o'clock we're doing warm ups, seven thirty we're doing this, here we're doing this, and I'd show up, I'd get so pissed, I'd like crumple my paper up and throw it away. I'm like, all right guys, we're learning skills today. <laughs> but it's not their fault. Like I can't get mad at the guys showing up, you know. Um, so springtime came, we like consistently had like nine or twelve guys. So we were able mm-hmm. to actually run some sevens, um, very limited because you couldn't have a defense or an offense to play defense against. Right. Um, so that's like Vince and I would hop in the line and just try to try like mimic something, or we we would scrimmage the the women's team that was on the other half of the field just to try to get some looks. Yeah. Um, but this year, like, I remember the first practice with twenty three kids showed up. Wow. Like I was I was expecting wow. like like I said all right last year we had one senior so we lost one guy we'll have thirteen kids you know right. <laughs> and then Daniel texted me like hey coach I'm like what's up he's like first practice I was like first practice is here he's like all right we have we have a lot of kids. I'm like, no, I was like, no, we don't. No, we don't, dude. So I show up. I was like, I'm about to start crying. I'm like, 
guys, like to the guys that are here last year, you guys remember who showed up the first day of practice? <laughs> so, do you guys see this? Like, you guys are making a difference in the school. Man. Um, now, like, they're like talking to their friends. You know, I'm try- I'm actually trying to recruit this year. Um, trying to get anyone that's interested to play. Um, we're not really a, it's it's not really a tryout. We'll bring you along with us. Right. Um, and everyone knows like their their self awareness is very high. Right. Um, so I, I got main players and players that know the role, key players and everything like that. Of course. Um, so just just trying to spread the word of Howard Rugby. Um, I was I was talking to one of the football coaches. I'm like, hey man, if if you guys have players that you're dropping, like let me know. Like they can they can come play contact sport. We can keep them in Howard University for four years. Um, we actually have one of the recently got a new kid that last year he was throwing um, the discus for the track team. Oh wow! Nice practice. Yeah, one practice late. It's like May or April. He's like, "Hey guys, like I got to practice. Like, do you guys mind playing about half?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, no problem." I was like, "You be interested in playing rugby?" He's like, "Maybe." <laughs> he's like, "Well, I'm, he's like, I'm graduating this year. And I don't think he's eligible to play like track and field anymore." <laughs> so he's like. Okay, I'll try it out. So first practice, like Chris is there. I'm like, oh shit, he actually came. Yo, let's go. How does it feel to be like, yo, I recruited a guy. I didn't just recruit a guy. I recruited a guy. Like, yo, he's like, let's he's go. Like, he's like 6'2", 260, baby, just all muscle. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like that's like I said. Man. I hope you put yeah. him at the wing. Just <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Um, like teaching him how to tackle. He's like, all right, dude, just get low, like wrap, wrap this guy. Like I'm trying to find a way to explain it to him in track mode. Yeah. So he can try to, try to do this. Like, did you wrestle? Like, do you know what a single is? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh man. That's awesome. One big congratulations on being able to see that like level of improvement and seeing the dedication from not just, just you guys, but from your players and, and, and everybody really buying into what this could be and what the future of it is is really looking like yeah and like just the kids that i had last year that, that went to we went to seven tournaments last year and like we we didn't win many games but there were like moments where like they it it looked like they were just moving like an actual team yeah. you know like going side to side and then getting the breakaway and not just trying to i think you're too used to football trying to get the the touchdown in the first one, they slowly started actually believing in the system that we set up. Yeah. And I pull them like, hey, guys, like, this is what it's about. Like, this is what I keep talking to you guys about in the field. And, like, Coach Vincent, this is – like, you guys can do this. We just have to make sure you guys go – just just listen to us. Right. So I, I think they, they like – like, you know how you said I had that moment in life where I knew I could I could do this? I think they had that last season when we won a couple of matches or even kept tight to a couple of teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, oh, shoot, it's working. So I'm hoping to build off of that for the springtime. Dude, I love that. I love that. You know, continue. Sorry, this uh, this fall season has mostly just been skill work, just like yeah. tackling and passing, right? learning how to run lines so I can, so the springtime we can really take over the sevens, nice. seven scene. Dude, I love that. I love that. You know, obviously you guys are 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 going to be a part of the HBCU Rugby Classic and you guys are <clears throat> prepping for it and dumb crazy excited to do it, even though I'm not going to lie. There's so much work between now and then that needs to get done. So my mind always goes like, 
why the f is Christmas existing? Like this, I become that guy. I was like, why do you need a holiday? Nobody needs holidays. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's. Uh, I don't but, think people that show up like, like as a player going to tournaments. I never saw all the background or all the legwork that someone has to do until I started yeah. being a GA, yeah. a graduate assistant for the rugby team. Like, oh shoot, I was just worried about showing up and playing. There's so much more to this. So I completely get what you're saying right now. We threw our own tournament there, and it was just a, uh, it was rough. Yo, I, it's it, it. Look, you know what do they say? The struggle makes you stronger. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, actually, I have a different question before I get to that point because I, I just realized, um, you know, as you've continued to coach and you obviously you do construction supervising, have the two assisted yes. in each other? Oh yeah, uh, actually, you. I just had this conversation today with Neil. Was, he's like, "Hey, mate, like one thing you realize is you learn a lot about yourself." And like about coaching in the construction field, like you learn how to pick up people's personalities and make those different personalities work with each other. That's my job. Um, I don't, I don't physically do the work. I just like quality control, make sure it happens. Like Matt, like time, material, I have to make sure everything's in there. And that's like in a weird way taught me how to like with the kids too. You have two different people, you know, making yeah. them work together. Sometimes they won't get along. And they don't have to, but when you're a team, you have to make sure everything works out. Right. And it's 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 all just one big. The I see it is all one big game, whether it's on the field or in the construction job site. You just have to make sure that you guys are able to get to that end. No, I love that. I love that, so, and and it and it makes sense again. Obviously, that 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 ability. They always talk about is the managing personalities and the managing characters more so than probably anything else when it comes to coaching. You know, obviously, you teach. Yeah, you, you know, you you set up plans, et cetera, but that personality and managing people is is the toughest and, and probably most central one because those are people who are trusting you and but vis-a-vis you're also trusting them to uh to perform. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like just not to go like too too far, but like how these kids take criticism, like some of them you can lay into. Like other right. guys you'll see mess up and their head goes right down, like, dude, stop. Like just have more confidence in yourself. It's going to be okay while you're lighting the other kid up because he dropped like a third pass in a row. And that They just both need that different thing to right. just make them work, you know? So it's just like you, they get to learn what type of coach or what type of person you are, and you do the same with them. Word. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess the first couple of weeks, it's like feeling each other out to see like what everyone is. And there's sometimes you like bring them in a hut. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what are you guys doing? Today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's not not every day, so it's good. No, I mean, look, look again. Part of the process, part of the process. If there's not enough comfortability to be able to tell them the truth, which is always what it's about, can you be the most honest, vulnerable, transparent person to be able to make sure that it helps their goals, helps your objectives, helps the team objectives? Uh, you know, that's that's where it becomes central because that's whenever the trust builds the most, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, true. True. So kind of back to the point that I was going to make, you know, obviously as the HBC rugby classic comes closer and closer, you know, what is it that you guys are, you know, maybe hoping to see that maybe comes from that? Uh, you know, I don't know if the guys have talked about it or, you know, you guys have it as, as you set your season going to, or what, what the objective is, but, you know, maybe a better question is how do you guys, how are you looking to set the season for this spring? So, um, well, Obviously, we want to win the tournament. 
right, we're hosting right. it. We we want to make sure that we put on a good not show, but put on some good games for for the boys and for everyone that shows up. Um, and then win the tournament with one with just being in the tournament. It's going to bring more people eyes to Howard Rugby mm-hmm. or Herd Rugby. Um, but if we win it, shows that we're one of the better schools. Um, so I, I would like to to be able to recruit more using that. Um, and it's not something that we just plan on playing one year and then dropping, but it's something that we can hope to play every year. I'm not trying to just have it be a like one and done type of thing, but build a relationship and, you know, and like have us be like, you know, when the CRCs were over here in Philly, like yep. want to be the, the Lindenwoods or the Lifes or the armies of, of, of this area. Um, we would want to be those teams here for the HBCU tournament. So, yeah. Dude, and just, I just, that. I also want to bring the community out because football is huge here. Like, mm-hmm. we go to practice on Friday nights, and it's like a football team playing there. A little, little rec leagues, or I don't even know what, what, what team it is, but <laughs> I want to show the area that rugby is also a thing that you can play, you know, not, not, not just always football. Facts. So, was, if there's some way we can get the community involved even more then they can realize that there's more options, you know, and that can take you to college as well, not just football. No, I love that. And, and, you know, again, you spoke about how much rugby has impacted positively the way that you go and the way that you live. Oh, how's wifey take the rugby life for you? (laughs) So (laughs) funny thing about her is her dad played rugby at Mount St. Mary's, but I didn't know that until after we started dating. Yo, again, foreshadowing is life for you. Let's go. So, so she's uh, she's she's in residency right now. So we have a lot of like time where we don't really spend together, and um, we're really good friends. Like I said, like Jay, and we have our own rugby group up there. So she's like hanging out with the moms, where the wives, all That's the coaches awesome. are on the side just chatting the whole time. <laughs> so I think she's taking it well. They're usually just. Kind of hanging out, having some wine, while we're just <laughs> talking about rugby and how we got to try to make it better. Oh, so no, she, man. She she likes it. She was last year for sevens tournaments, we'd like pack sandwiches and all that for the kids. So we, she was like helping me out with that and um, hoping to get her out a little more this year just because well, she's been busy with the residency. So it'll be, it'll be good. Oh, well, worth it. You know, uh, man, I, I, I'm loving this. Tito, man, where can people find you, find more information about Howard uh, Rugby Men and and being able to join and all the good stuff? Yeah, uh, we got Instagram, um, Howard Men's Rugby, I think it is, or Herd Rugby. Um, we got the website as well. And then just, just find me as well. If you guys have questions, just Panda H. Miranda on Instagram. <laughs> just hit me up. <laughs> I think the picture is still me playing rugby. I don't know if I changed it yet since I got married. I don't think she's happy about that. I usually just only only post like, hey, happy birthday or just a rugby picture. <laughs> hey, look, it focused, it's a focused uh, a profile. It's a very focused profile. We don't need the nonsense. You know what? And if you guys want to come out in the DC, if you guys are in the DC area or ever want to come out, we practice right now, Tuesdays, Fridays at Edgewood Park um, from 8 to 10. And then we're hoping that in the spring we'll do Monday, Wednesday, Fridays from 8 to 10 at the actual stadium. So trying to make it home field advantage as much as possible. That's dope. Hey, like, look, look, look. I am the, I am the pitch and the pitch is high. 
I really yeah, yeah. They're going to be one with the pitch. You know how he said be one with water? They will be one with the pitch that day. <laughs> how did rugby people all of a sudden become earthbenders? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tito, man. I truly appreciate it. Um, I love this. I, your story is great. And uh, I look forward to continuing to see as your guys' uh, development goes over these next several years and and watch your personal progression and and just continue to continue to be awesome, man. You're doing great things out there. You're setting a mark, and it's significant to uh, to both the culture and the rugby culture. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. I'm super excited. Tito, man, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Great conversation, and y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Hope you guys are able to get some new perspective and and just get an idea of what it takes getting to these points i love these stories of course check out some of our podcasts before last time we had adam hughes uh the right author of onward and of course we had Catherine aversanu uh women howard uh howard rugby women's head coach they had Takunda Rusiki, Daniel Devalier, uh, captain for Howard Rugby. And we've had so more, Ch- Cheddar Emba, uh, Naya Tapper. We've had some great guests coming through, Tozan Tutitanway. And so much more. I suggest you guys check it out. But in the meantime, until next time, I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. I hope that you know that you are highly favored. Cheers.